Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Amy Basto, who I have to say has got one of the longest job titles, so we'll, we'll give it a go, Amy. Managing Director of Sedgid Retail Store Excellence, formerly Store IQ. Hi, Amy. Hi, Simon. I bet, I bet that's difficult to fit on a business card, right? Um, well, luckily, we don't have business cards anymore, but I do feel like it's adding 10% to all of our conversations at the moment, but uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get used to it. I'm sure you will. So uh, thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to talk today about Sedgid Store IQ, uh, how you guys are helping people from an activity planning point of view and the task part and how that makes people more productive. But before we jump into the detail, let's find out a bit more about you. So can you tell us a bit about yourself, Amy, kind of plotted career background, how you got to be where you are today? Yeah, of course. So um my potted career background, I have a degree in uh, neuroscience, which um, which hasn't been very useful. And I started my career in strategy consultancy, private equity, and corporate M&A, um, none of which I was very good at. So I'd actually taken some time off and spent a year in South America. And when I came back, I was trying to get a job and going back into the city, but that turned out to be quite hard being in your kind of like late 20s and a, you know, and a woman trying to get a job in the city at that time was quite hard. And I had a recruiter who put me in touch with John Lewis. And I was a bit grumpy because I thought, I don't want to work for John Lewis. I'm a, you know, I'm a strategic consultant and a banker. But it was at the time when they bought the Buy.com business as the core of their web business for John Lewis. So they closed down Buy.com and then they bought the team, the technology, all of the processes and hired a few kind of um, still kind of like um, on the inside, quite John Lewis people, but quite different to the the um, the kind of the traditional John Lewis people. And that's where I joined. And um and it was brilliant because you were, you know, um, John Lewis was a, a brilliant place to work. You were trusted to do a lot. And the direct business, the web business was growing very quickly. So over the five years I was there, it grew from mm, about 30 million to 350 million of revenue. And now obviously it's more than a billion. Pounds. Um, and so I did a, a number of roles there and uh, ended up as general manager of the web division before it was kind of integrated into the main business. And then did a number of kind of multi-channel and e-commerce roles um, for work for Carphone Warehouse, Cath Kidston, did a bit of work for Tesco. Um, but it got to the point where I love retail, but I wanted to do something connected with stores because um, still, you know, the majority of retail spending goes through stores. Stores certainly influence the vast majority of retail spending and um and I found that I was the kind of the girl from the internet around the uh you know around the board table and see people would kind of remember oh we need to think about the internet at the end of the conversation so I got a job at crew clothing um and part of that role was looking after the store estate as well as the web business and some other things and I was just struck for the first time about how very hard it was to run stores without any insight or data or kind of any way of communication with the teams. I mean, the crew clothing store is quite small. At the time, it was about 70, 80 stores, I think. Um, but still, coming from a world of e-commerce where you had very clear insights into everything that was happening in every bit of the business you were responsible for to then running this business where you couldn't see anything and you were accountable for it, was, I found it quite traumatic. Um, and, at, and, and I wasn't very good at it um, either, but at the time, my husband, who was um, uh, well, is when he, when we were, had that year off in South America, he decided to leave his kind of corporate finance job and become an entrepreneur. And at the time I was at Crew, he just sold his first successful SaaS business, um, 
and was looking for something else to do. And over lots of glasses of wine in the garden, you know, at the time when I was struggling with how to make my store estates kind of be just like be better, he built the kernel of um, what became Store IQ. Uh, and we put the initial kind of task management and photo management tools into crew clothing to kind of do the beta testing. He also um, met some uh, some contacts at June and a couple of other people that he knows he knew, and um, that was the kind of the beginning of Store IQ. So I've ended up running a retail tech SaaS company with no real knowledge of um, technology, not, not much experience of running stores but enough experience of running stores to know how hard it is and um that's how that's how i've ended up here excellent so a bit a bit of a meandering journey some kind of various different uh jobs and industries you've worked in but yeah good good to hear and tell us a bit more about store iq give us an overview of kind of some of the things that you're helping retailers do yeah so store iq um is a retail ops platform. And at the beginning, you talked about my extremely long job title. That's because um, StoreIQ was acquired by Sedgid last year. Uh, and Sedgid is a, um, a global cloud business um, services company based in France. And we're now part of the retail division of Sedgid. So that's where the Sedgid retail bit of the, um, the new name comes from. And retail excellence is retail excellence because that's what we try and do. So... Um, it's still quite the new name is still quite new for us, so I use kind of store IQ and Sedgid Retail Store Excellence a bit interchangeably. So that's that's why. But um, Sedgid Retail Store Excellence, formerly known as Store IQ, it's a retail ops platform, and at the the engine room of it is a task management and communication platform, um, an operational communication platform, and that comes from really my experience of my short experience running a store estate and. The desire to be really clear about uh, what has to be done by stores to make it really easy for management teams. So that might be area managers or head office teams to see what stores have done uh, to you know confirm it's OK and to help if it needs fixing. And that's really it. It's about clarity, you know, simple, clear communication, just making it easy to for stores to know what has to happen and for management teams to help fix it when it's quickly, when it's not right. And then, you know, I, I am, I am a, a control freak, but I've had a lot of coaching over the years. And so like, I know other ways of thinking are available. And so we've built out around that kind of compliance driven engine, a lot of softer tools around. Um, so we have a knowledge base, we have a news feed, we have a learning platform. We can, if people really want us to do some of the, more engaging, a little bit of gamification, learning, that kind of thing, which means that StoreIQ as a whole has got this like very, very solid um, productivity-driven task communication engine that's with the, you know, the capability to do the things that lift people's hearts a bit and drive a bit more engagement around the edges. And that works. Um, that's That works really well. Excellent. Um, so all kind of cloud-based, available on different devices. How does that bit work? Yeah, it's based in the cloud. Um, and so Pete, when he founded the business, had been working in SaaS for some time. He's probably one of the first into the market. Um, so it's uh, it's based in the cloud, works on any 
I was going to say any connected device, but there are a few bits that work offline as well. It's a new um, progressive web app capability that means it will cope when the signal drops out. But um, it's it's a nice way to do it. We don't have a native app, which makes it easier for us to kind of maintain. It makes it easier for customers to manage. Um, And one of the things that made the business kind of work at the beginning was the fact that retailers were starting to invest in mobile devices to put into stores and Wi-Fi was becoming more more prevalent, but also kind of more robust, um, you know, eight years ago or so. And retailers were starting to invest in mobile devices and we were able to give them something to put on those devices that actually made a real difference to store teams' lives. Excellent. And some kind of example user cases, maybe things like store visits, health and safety checks, that that kind of stuff I'm in the right ballpark yeah absolutely so there's um those two things store visits health and safety checks are really good examples of people visiting stores to check that the standards um are good and it's not just about kind of visiting the store and ticking some boxes what we help people do is um kind of create tasks in real time and allocate them to the right person to help so that might be the store manager but it also might be in someone in the health office might be an external provider um and we make it easy to follow up on those tasks um we log all the reports so you kind of keep the archive everything all stays in one place because i don't know you know one of the things that used to drive me nuts when i ran a store estate was you'd go into a store and you'd see something that needed fixing and you know, so you would make a note, and if you were specially organised, you might remember to email someone when you got back or something. But then you'd get the next time you went, it still wouldn't have been fixed. And uh, and I don't think that's because we were uniquely incompetent. It's just hard to keep track of all of the threads. So that's one kind of very clear use case. The other, there, there are two other kind of I suppose big ones. Um, one of which is about communication from head office down to store teams. So and that's the day-to-day or the week-to-week updates on pricing promos uniform allowances click and collect processes pause checks all the stuff that you need you know if you imagine you're running a story state of 400 stores and you need everyone to just update their click and collect processes you need to be able to firstly tell them that and um, secondly check that they've understood it and actioned it so that's a big one um and the third big one is around um using photos to check things are right and it sounds you know it sounds a bit obvious but making it easy to send information down to stores what they're meant to do so if you think about um an autumn winter seasonal launch or your black friday promos um all of the work that goes into designing and you know from the you know from the um from the product buy to the marketing collateral to everything all of that work gets done in head office and what we make it easy to do is cascade down to store so they know what they're meant to do why got all the information take a photo of the window or the front table or the till point whatever it is um really quickly and easily upload it and then your vm teams or your area managers your head office teams can see that it's right and basically sign it off. Um, we've got some quite detailed and very, very retail-specific workflows um, that let you review and sign off um, all of those photos, which means you can go from – I mean, when, when I was a customer, it used to take us two weeks to sign off the implementation of a new VM campaign, like a seasonal launch, and we got that down to 48 hours by using Store IQ to do that. So it's a 
it's a it's a kind of transformational way of being able to just make sure you've got stuff right in stores basically everything we do is about helping store teams get all the details right in stores excellent excellent talk to us a bit about the retail activity planner yeah so um it's a really interesting uh, kind of piece of development that we started doing a few years ago when we started working with Petco in the States. Um, and Petco has got um, 1,500 stores, uh, pet shops, obviously, across America. And they really wanted a task and operational communication platform. They had their own, but uh, that they built in-house, but it was a, it was quite creaky. And when we started talking to them, they wanted to be able to um, quantify the amount of time associated with the tasks that they were sending into stores. And we were really interested in that because I said earlier that we've kind of built out these softer tools around learning and knowledge base and news feeds. But actually where our heart is is around data productivity. And we felt that there was a gap between what we were doing in um, managing the communication and the tasking into stores and scheduling and other systems that were kind of, you know, counting the hours and allocating that out. Because we know, for example, when the promos are launching, how big they are, um, which stores they're going to. So Petco already had some very manual processes in place to manage that the kind of quantification of the 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 um, retail activity they were driving in stores and so we worked with them to build activity planning into store iq it's now called sedgid retail store excellence retail activity planner which is probably officially the longest product name yeah. in the world i think um and so what that does is it's um it you know it's it, it enables retailers to start to, to understand which departments are driving which type of activity into stores. And, you know, it's often marketing, but it's not always marketing. Um, And what they can do is use Store IQ to do very, very kind of simple, light touch, um, kind of mini time and motion studies. So nothing like a a proper productivity expert um, would do. Um, And just get a, a little bit of insight into where their time's going and which activities are taking the most time. And that's often, um, well, as you know, quite a transformational insight for retailers. Um, and then you can start to get a feel for really, you might think it's taking four hours to reset the dog food campaign. Um, but actually, in some stores, it might only be taking 45 minutes and in others, it's taking eight hours, that kind of thing. So what Retail Activity Plan lets you do is like, firstly, get a little bit of insight into that. And then secondly, to start to uh, create the tools to almost manage a, you know, we talk about a budget for each department um, so that when they're sending communications, when the communications and tasks related to those departments, activities are going out to stores, they have an amount of time, estimated time associated with them that is decremented out of that store's budget. So, for example, marketing might have, you know, 50,000 hours a year, Um, And when they decide to run uh, a birthday campaign involving a table with Prosecco and some sweets and a raffle, you know, the kind of thing, um, information be cascaded out of stores, but it would be quantified. So you need, you know, five hours per store, you know, medium sized store and, you know, maybe 10 hours for a big store every weekend. Um, And it makes it easier to accurately um, kind of plan, schedule and just 
just count the activities that you're driving into stores, which means from the store perspective, you don't get things landing on top of each other. Um, and you're not being asked to do more than really is possible. And of course, store teams will always do in the main their best possible job to do what they're asked to do. But it often comes as a cost. And that's often the customer experience. If you've loaded in lots and lots of things that are just hard to do, um, that's where you'll see the impact. So that's what Retail Activity Planner does. Is it lets you kind of quantify the task and communication bit of retail. Um, and, you know, with Store IQ, then you have a, a gatekeeper who can kind of control and schedule the activity, a bit like um, air traffic control. And you can look forward into the future and see where your crunches are. And then we've got some... Um, there's a chart in um, in the platform which some people really like and some people hate. It's called the Hoodoo chart, and um, Pete invented it. It's a I've never seen anything like it. But all of the activities, so for example, a, a, you know that marketing event or a stock take or a um, I don't know an IT change are kind of represented on this chart like rocks, and it's but it's a very visual way of seeing what the chunks of activity are that are pushing you over your your kind of limits and you can move the rocks around to reschedule your activity um so it's a it's a very neat and intuitive way of just being able to get a bit of visibility of the whole picture and manage it a bit more accurately excellent i like that yeah there's there is a having worked in head offices and then on the other side at stores and there is um a desire to think there's endless amounts of capacity in the stores just to soak up work and you keep throwing in you know, in the current climate, another 300 price changes or another promotional change. And uh, there, there is an impact because it sits outside of the budget in some respects. So, yeah, good to hear. Good to hear. Mm, yeah. And and kind of on a, on a broader scale, you've talked around productivity. And as you know, that's kind of our world and the world we work in as well. So mm. from a task point of view, how is that driving more productive work? And you've talked about some of the things that it does in terms of the photos and the reporting and the compliance, mm. but how are you seeing it driving operational productivity? I mean, I think there's, there is some very kind of simple, quick wins. I mean, the number one kind of like biggest top hit is if you put in a communication and task management capabilities you instantly reduce the amount of time people are spending checking and chasing um, and that's often underestimated people start looking for like well what's my time to compliance my execution time and they don't really realize if you look at the the noise that's going into stores you know 20 30 40 percent is just chasing and checking and that just drops out straight away um you get another benefit very quickly because it you just make life easier for store teams so we just did at the um, retail tech show. I was on one of the stages with um, Robert Newstead, who's the retail ops director for PVH, and they've been a store IQ customer for, for a few years now. Uh, and they use the retail activity planner um, piece of store IQ. Um, and one of the things that they did initially was consolidate the number of apps and systems their store teams were using. And again, this, this sounds basic, but I think they had something like 13 different applications no, 21, I think, applications and portals that were being used to communicate different things to store teams. And that's just a faff. So if you're a store manager, firstly, you've got to know which of your 21 applications you're meant to go to at any one time to find something. The chances of you missing something or getting confused, you know, are really, really high. So just being able to put everything in one place on a basic level saves a lot of time. Um, PBH estimated at four hours a week for each store manager, the amount of time that they've saved. Um, 
There's a third bit around reducing the amount of rework. So we talk about, you know, being more likely to get it right first time. And, you know, anyone that's worked in retail knows how hard it is to get what seems like a simple task in head office, how hard it is for 500 people to do that the way you envisage it in 500 stores, which are all different from the model store and all have their own characteristics. So if you can make it more likely for each of those 500 stores to make it right first time, you save a huge amount of rework and faffing around. Um, and then you, and you can fix things faster. If you can manage by exception, you can um, you know, aggregates and and resolve actually the underlying causes of problems rather than just firefighting a, a constant stream of kind of requests for help dropping into your email. Um, so really, it's um, you know, it's it's one of those things that's just it's just beautifully simple. You know, you can just clear out a whole load of chasing and checking. You just make life easier for your store teams more likely to get it right first time and you make it easier for store teams for kind of management teams to fix and help and all of that just takes out um you know a huge amount of time which can be applied to something else and for store teams that's usually looking after the customers and looking after their team it's not yeah. it's rarely in this environment it's rarely about taking store payroll out yeah yeah and just focusing that kind of reallocated time at the the right time and place across the week so you don't drive kind of lower pace of working so no absolutely yeah and uh, actually roberts um at pvh had a they've got a really interesting insight about um customer experience and their view is there's been a well roberts view particularly is that there's been a lot of focus on customer experience but if you don't look after the store associate experience and make it you know their working life painless and kind of efficient you're never going to deliver the customer experience because of the time that you're wasting um being unproductive and and also the level of frustration you're driving into these people and in the current environment where there's such a high level of attrition in store jobs um anything you can do to make the store associate better means they're more likely to store associate experience better means they're more likely to stay um but also you're just freeing up time and you know, giving people a nicer life. Um, and that has a big impact on the customer experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll pause there, Amy. If people want to reach out and find you and further the conversation, where's the best place for them to do that? Uh, the best place is you can find us on the new Sedid website, which is Um, And you'll find Sedid Retail Store Excellence as part of the retail product offer there. And um, that's the best place to find us. We're based in uh, Shoreditch in London and we're, we're still here. We've got no plans to move to France. Good. And I'll put your LinkedIn, a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes as well so people can click through and connect if they want to find you there. Wonderful. Excellent. It's been a pleasure to chat and find out more. Uh, I think, yeah, goes down in our podcast history as longest job title and longest product name. So you've, you've won two awards today. And, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, thanks for your time and we'll catch up soon. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for having me.